Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr., and with me this week, live from Sexyville, are my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now and forever. C.K. and Joe Rodermill. What's up, Joseph? Sexiest gift under the tree. Very true. Can't, not even debatable. Uh, and along with us as well, our good friend, Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. Alo. Great to see you. I hope you had an amazing Christmas. I hope Santa was good to you this year. Joseph, I hope the same for you as well. Am I the only one I can envision Joey actually wrapping a bow on himself and sitting <laughs> under a tree? No. No, there's not photos. I think anyone who, who has ever met Joey can envision that, I would assume. Um, but yeah, and anyone listening, if you celebrate Christmas, I hope it was wonderful. If you celebrate Hanukkah, I believe it's still going on, so I hope you're enjoying that. Um, and this is our year-end show, so... We, I guess as 2019 comes to a close, uh, I'll just say Happy New Year to anyone who is listening. But uh, year-end uh, show, our Matt Madness Award show. None of the three of us really watched any weekly product this week, which can't imagine how many of you watched on Wednesday night, which was Christmas night. I watched a little bit of NXT, like I said. I, I dabbled, but I didn't get like... You didn't get invested. I didn't get deep into it. Um... I was a couple uh, couple Christmas cocktails deep, so. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I think we probably all had a couple cocktails uh, on Christmas Day. Lots. <laughs> so we might as well just jump into a first award. Let's see. I'm debating which one do I want to start with. Let us start well, with. Well, I think I should. You think what? Go ahead. No, I was going to say, in tradition, as we have, and it's been a, a thing, we usually start with your favorite award, but the Talking All This talking Madness all this Award. Madness award. Yeah. Talking All the Madness. So let's start with that one, because I was actually going to go Breakout Star, but if that is tradition, which now that you mention it, I do actually remember that. So the Talking All This Madness Award for what is known as the best talker in the wrestling business for the year of 2019, the nominees are MJF, Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens, The Miz, and Becky Lynch. So I guess the first thing I'll say is all very worthy choices. Super good choices. Everyone can split hairs. Yeah, everyone can stake their claim to being the best talker of, over the past year. You know, there's at least one person on here who I don't believe has ever won it, who is, but who has been very worthy every year we've been doing this. Um, Alo, do you want to embrace your, my heart? Alo, <laughs> do you want to give your rankings first for the Talking All This Madness Award? Yes, I'll go first. So my number five, I went with Becky Lynch. With Becky, uh, it wasn't what she did in 2018, but she was predominant all year, especially on the microphone for the women's division. Number four is that guy that we talked about who who's deserved to win the award but hasn't won the award mm-hmm. and, and the, and the, since the inception of the show, and that's The Miz. And like I said, like 
he's always prominent in storylines and actually building towards things. But I think through the the entire time that we've been doing this, this is probably his weakest year on the microphone. Number three, I went with Kevin Owens. Kevin, especially like with his mic work during the whole Shaving Man storyline, I thought was fantastic. And number two, you'll hear me talk about this. Well, you, mm. well we're all talking about this guy a lot throughout the show, and that's Chris Jericho. I don't want to say too much because he's going to be big throughout this entire award show tonight. So my number two is Chris Jericho, and my number one will be MJF. We t- we've been championing this guy since the House of Hardcore days when, when we would see him with the wrinkled suit, a part of his. And I remember at Double or Nothing, he didn't have a match, but well, actually, he was in that Battle Royal, but just the idea of him. Well, the idea of AEW putting him in a prominent position to go head-to-head with Bret Hart, of all people, in the microphone mm, yeah. was a big deal. And out of all these shows since AEW's inception, one of the main things we always hit on is this, how great MJF is and how much of a gem he is. So MJF is my number one for the Talking All This Madness Award. Do you have the your numbers tallied for your selections? Uh. As I got, I, I got. What do you mean for, for, to add it up? Yeah. Well, I need you guys to go. Okay, I wanted to know if you had yours tallied up. Oh yeah, I got them up. Okay, tallied up. Yes, Joseph. How about your? Would you like me to go first? Or would you like to give? Your no, I mean, I'll, I'll pretty much. I'll pretty much go. Um, I'm not too dissimilar from where Aaron was with the rankings. Other than um, I flipped my number one. He went. Um, MJF. I have Kevin Owens up there uh, as the number one, but I did have Becky Lynch. Um, great year for her uh, overall, but I don't think a Talking Madness award would be appropriate here. The Miz, again, he had a lot of time off this year, um, wasn't as prominent as most other years. Still great mic skills, so it's you got you to gotta have him on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I went with um... Jericho. Hmm? No, Jericho's two. I think I've, I flipped MJF, MJF okay. three. Uh, just because, again, I haven't watched him as much as you guys have, so I don't have as much tape on him. Right. Um, I hear good things, so I'm going to be keeping a, a, more of an eye on that. Um, Jericho, too, just because it's Jericho. He's pretty much carrying, He's himself. Pretty much <laughs> carrying a, f- a fledgling promotion right now. Yes. Helping everyone get out on their feet. And then I just went with Kevin Owens because, like, like my colleague talked about, I like what he did with Shane McMahon and, and the real-life shoots he had were, I, th- I thought, thought, excellent. So you have Kevin Owens, number one. Mm-hmm. Jericho, number Jericho, two. MJF, MJF three, Miz, Miz four, Becky, Becky Lynch. five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, I mean, we really are uh, splitting hairs. I think at this point with these guys, <coughs> although I do think the I do think the top three are clearly set apart. So number five, I'm actually going with the Miz just because I feel like he has not had as much to do this year. Uh, so it's n- through no fault of his own, but. He's number five. Becky Lynch, just because, like Alo said, her prominence throughout 2019, the fact that she has been such a big deal for the entire year, the fact that a lot of what has made her a big deal all this time is her talking. She's number four. I'm going to go Owens number three. It is tough, but Owens, again, is someone I feel like he wasn't as active this year. Like He wasn't active throughout the whole year, which to me... Takes him down a little bit, but he did great work um, on the microphone as he always does. Number num, see, this is tough for me. And as I'm, 
I thought I would decide while I was listing these off, and I still haven't. Number two, I'm going to go MJF. And number one, I'm going to go with Chris Jericho just because... It's Jericho. It's Jericho, and like we've talked about on this show many times, the guy can make anything into like a popular catchphrase that takes over the wrestling landscape. Like, a little bit of the bubbly. That became, like, this huge deal. Like, he does these things and says these things that become, like, the biggest things in wrestling. He's a trend. And the fact that he's still doing it, the fact that he's doing it for a new promotion, and just the fact that he is legendary, that probably gets him a little bit of extra weight for me. It was very difficult for me to choose between Jericho and MJF, but I'm going to go Jericho. So I have one Jericho, two MJF, three Owens, four Becky, five Miz. So Alo, how how do we turn out here? So finishing in fifth place is Becky Lynch with four points. Okay. Four places the Miz with five. Finishing third is MJF with twelve, and we have a tie at the top with the so best friends. Eck. With the best uh, friends. Yes. Eck uh, gave me his selections. Okay. In case of a tie. So okay. we have Jericho and Owens tied for first? Yes, with 13 points each. Wow. All right. Well, let me go to... Uh, go to the tape. I'm glad that he uh, he thought ahead. Wait, hold up. We got to hold up. We got to call no, this I'm in? No, I'm wrong. No, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I did my math wrong. Sick. Chris Jericho wins with 13 points. Kevin Owens has 11. I'm sorry. Okay, well, Jericho was his number one. I so. get it. I get it. It was a tough holiday week. You're a little fried. <laughs> Matt, Matt's not, yeah, Matt's I not am. <laughs> All right. So. Yeah, so the, winner with, so the winner with 13 points is Chris Jericho. And, again, you can't be disappointed in having a guy like that as, as, as your winner. No, you can't be. Congratulations to Chris Jericho. Has he won a Talking All This Madness award before? I believe he has. So congratulations on winning yet another talking. All Probably the first award. first for B champion in the category. Maybe I mean for all I know he could have won it every year that we've been <laughs> doing this. Uh, I know that isn't the case. Probably not. Uh, all right, let's go with breakout star of the year for our second award nominees for the Matt Madness breakout star of the year. Walter, an alumnus of uh, Pasha's Indie Inquiry. Uh, we have the Street Profits. Did we did we decide on that, or were they replaced by the Lucha Brothers? Oh no, that that's for tag team of the year. Not oh, okay, breakout. okay. Uh, MJF, Keith Lee, and Rhea Ripley. Uh, I'll take this one first. Uh, this is another tough one because these are all. Like, all names of people that I really like and I'm a really big fan of. And people that have, like, accomplished something significant in 2019. Maybe I shouldn't go first. Uh, you know what? I am going to go first. I'm going to say number five, and this is no slight, five, Keith Lee. Just because I feel like he has been maybe around the least of this group. Uh, number four, I am going to go with Walter. Uh, because again, I think like what he has accomplished has been seen by the least amount of eyes. Um, number three, I'm going to go street profits. I would love to give them this award cause I'm a big fan of them. Uh, I find them thoroughly entertaining. They were like one of the highlights of that last NXT show we went to see at tower mm. theater. 
But they're number three because the other two, I feel like, are just way too significant to not be ahead of them. My number two is Rhea Ripley, who I believe we tagged from the very instant that she showed up on the uh, Mae Young Classic as a star in the making. She now has become the NXT Women's Champion, dethroning arguably the most dominant women's champion that we've had on the roster in quite some time, maybe even ever. And number one, I'm going to go MJF, just because, as Alo mentioned, we've been championing this guy for a very long time, you know, before he was ever on TV. I remember us talking about that first time he was on TV um, at All In and saying, like, this is a guy you just look at him and he, you just see he belongs on TV. <laughs> now he's on TV every week as, like, one of the biggest attractions in a new upstart promotion. And... Like, I think there are just such great things for him in the future. But to me, now that he is seen to, like, the, the world of wrestling, not just in your small arenas in cities around the world for indie promotions, to me he is the breakout star of the year because I just think he is, of all of these people listed, to me he is the one who is a star right now more than anyone else. So, Joseph, would you like to go next? Sure, sure, definitely. Um, I'm going five. I'm going to go Walter. Uh, don't have a lot on this guy yet. Mm-hmm. For uh, Street Profits, I think they're primed for a big 2020. Um, just wouldn't give them the breakout performance yet. Three, I want MJF again. This is something I guess I got to get a little more, um, <laughs> a little more looking into because you guys are really high on him, and I just don't have enough on him. Uh, two, I want Keith Lee. This is kind of solely based off the performance I had for Survivor Series. He got me excited, and I guess I'm kind of. Kind of having in the back of my mind, and then it's tough for me not to go with Rhea Ripley with the year she had mm-hmm. coming off the most recent victory. She took the title. Oh yeah, a, a very deserving uh, <coughs> nominee for number one. You know, won't get any argument from me. Alo, how about you? All right, so number five, I went with Walter. Like Joey said, like the whole I, we like I liked Walter from that edition of Passion in the Inquiry, and I thought he had phenomenal match. The, the match he had with Pete Dunne this year was phenomenal. At uh, Takeover New York, WrestleMania week, I thought that match was phenomenal. I thought Pete Dunne died a few times, damn it. <laughs> but um, but the whole the whole thing of him being in NXT UK, that's all that adds a little bit of a disconnect to me because I know what he's doing with the Imperium. It's all it's a nice it's a nice little thing they have going on down there. Uh, four, I went with Keith Lee, like Eric, like a uh, like Pat said that. His run started late along with Rhea Ripley's. Like, Rhea Ripley, her push came towards the end of this year for the most part. But I would have loved, like Joey said about the whole Survivor Survivor Series thing, I would have loved to have been a a fly on the wall to hear about how they went about booking these two, Keith Lee and Rhea Ripley, at Survivor Series and the discussion between Triple H and Vince when it came to that. Like, I don't know if Vince sees these guys, sees these two, two as, as top guys, especially, especially with the whole Keith Lee thing with his dip, how he has a different body type and size. I'm not sure if Vince is big on that, but I would have loved to hear those conversations that they had going on. Uh, number three, I went with Rhea Ripley because of the whole surgeons late in this year. She's even a woman, woman superstar of the year candidate because of this last surge in the last few months. Number four, I went with the street profits. Like we were there at at uh, the Tower Theater at the NXT show when Mont we first saw Montez Ford mm-hmm. and Angelo Dawkins because since the inception of the show Angelo Dawkins 
remember he was like trying to find his niche and being called like the curse of greatness and stuff and everything he did was just it was just so corny it, it didn't fit him at the time he, he was just finding something to work works for him and a couple weeks ago he was on Corey graves podcast with Montez Ford and Corey Griffith was talking to him about, yeah, man, we've been together since the FCW days. And he's like the longest tenured guy there for the longest time. And it finally took him almost 10 years, but he finally found Montez Ford or something that actually worked for him. So, and then like the match. It's almost the, the, like what Chad Gable was to Jason Jordan. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like even like the takeover ladder match to win the world of tag titles, it was a really heartfelt moment because you felt for. Angel Dawkins, because you saw the struggle that he had all that time. And then the fact that they were a prominent, they had a prominent role on Raw for months. We talk about Baron Corbin getting a lot of TV time. Street Profits get a lot of TV time as well. <laughs> and I think that's a big deal as well. But when number one, like like Joey said, he's not into him that much. He has to do more hard. But my number one's MJF. And for for reasons that we all we said even in the last the last award, you can't deny you can't deny it. He's been a star since the first time we've seen him. We've been waiting for him to get his big break, and he finally has gotten it. And he's a mainstay on AEW television on a week-to-week basis. So now I'm curious to see how this one shakes out. I'll get my math right this time. <laughs> I'm going to get you an abacus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so finishing... In fifth place is going to be Walter with four points. Finishing in fourth is going to be Keith Lee with six points. Finishing in third is the Street Province with seven points. Finishing second is Rhea Ripley with 12 points. And the winner of the Breakout Star of the Year Award is MJF with 13 points. So strong showing in the early going for MJF. Uh, again, anyone could have received this award and uh, I would have been cool with it. I am happy to see it be MJF uh, and look forward to seeing the breakout continue in 2020. Hopefully he can help uh, propel AEW forward. Um, Before we get to the next award, though, I talked a little bit about this being our year-end show. I think all of us have had a little bit of like a dip in our interest and excitement about WWE and wrestling uh, in the last few months for whatever you know a variety of reasons. I don't know if our reasons are all that much different from anyone else's. And based on the ratings, it looks like as a whole, people have a declining interest in wrestling. You know, they're they're going down across the board. Um, so Joseph, I'll ask you first. What do you attribute most to interest in WWE and wrestling as a whole? kind of declining a little bit towards the, the latter part of 2019. For me, it's just oversaturation. So you just think there's too much? It's too watered down, too much. There's uh, pay-per-views used to mean a lot more. Now you're getting a little more uh, glorified house shows. They're spreading out with Crown Jewel and things like that. It kind of it gives you nothing to really grab onto, nothing to kind of pull you in as much as, uh, as, as it used to. So you feel kind of like, and tell me if I'm analyzing this wrong you don't feel like there's a reason you have to go watch this tv show you're mostly watching because just like 
I watch this, so I just will turn it. Yeah, on. I watch You're it. Not like, I watch it. I look. I look it. for things I, I really want to watch and for matches I really want to watch. But it's so spread out. I, you know, I can't just sit there concentrating and really get into it. And nothing's making you feel like I have to watch hmm. this. Nothing like. No, nothing. Nothing's really grabbing me. Like right. Ayla, what about you? What are your thoughts on declining ratings across the board? Even like AEW and NXT, which are fairly new to the the weekly lineup, like they're. Ratings have been mostly going down. They're not what they were a month ago or two months ago. Uh, Raw and SmackDown, both fairly lower rated than we would expect. Uh, What do you attribute it to? And, you know, some of this you obviously can say like your own personal declining interest. I know you talked a lot about it last week, but I'm just curious your thoughts. Yeah, I agree with Joey. I think it's a little bit of oversaturation. And WWE's problem is they don't make anything feel important. Like, spoiler alert. Uh, Andrade won the U.S. title a few about a half hour ago at the house show in MSG, and we've been waiting for WWE to kind of change. Like we don't, like as much as we'll, we'll pop for an older superstar or something, we can't live off of those guys forever. And like when we watch NXT all the time, we just we're like, oh my god, this is amazing, and we can't wait till these guys get to the WWE roster, and they end up they end up in most cases amount to nothing because they're still stuck in the past trying to put somebody over from that's been there for at least 10 years plus. Well, it's now, like there's no... Even now you get rumors of not even wanting to go to the WWE roster. You want to stay in NXT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, it's it's just like we want like we want the... Like as we grew up, the show evolved. But over the past decade, like we made I made that joke last week what Conrad said about TLC 2009... The same guys are there, still facing each other, still facing each other ten years later. So like, this decade WWE has not evolved with us that much for the most part because they're actually going, they're actually trying to evolve, but at the same time they're bringing they're bringing in older people to get to go back in their same roles that they were ten years ago. When that's not the case, like no disrespect to Rey Mysterio and stuff, and I understand he's universally loved. And like even the Hardys and stuff like that, but there's no reason these guys should be going over your newer talent in 2019. If you want to go over in a in a in a match that's not the the culmination of a feud, fine. But the ultimate win should be that these new guys being made made and elevated into new heights. But we don't even get that a lot anymore. And as far as AEW, we talked about this last week. Like if you're into the in ring talent. In ring perspective, you'll get that on AEW. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think we overestimated how much wrestling is actually booming right now. Maybe because of social media, because everybody's talking about, it and there's always tons of wrestling pages and even on Twitter and so like that. But I just kind of think we overestimated the popularity of wrestling and what it, it can actually be. Yeah, I think I think social media is a big part. Even if it's just because it's so easy for like celebrities to talk about it or mention that they like it. And 15 years ago, like, we had no idea that there were, like, celebrities watching because there was no outlet for them. You had to be a closet fan. Right. Uh, So I think the fact that we now know everyone who's a fan makes us think there are more people. But I think the the decline, uh, I honestly think it's very simple. And I've talked about this a lot. That there is no wrestling match you are going to show me in 2019 where anyone does anything I haven't seen before. Like, you could put any two guys in front of me and 
man, might I think it's like a great match? Sure. But nothing's going to happen that I'm going to be blown away by. And I think even if you are the most ardent in-ring talent, like, worker fan, like, if that's what you love is, is like, the moves and the matches and all that, I think even whether you want to admit it or not, you've kind of seen it all already. So how excited can you get to see something that you've already seen a million times? Uh, so what ultimately it comes down to is, like, if that's not going to be super entertaining, where is the entertainment coming from? Because if I'm going to sit down and watch something, I want to be entertained. And if I'm not entertained, I'm going to find something else to watch. I really think it's that simple, is no one in the wrestling world, no promotion, is giving you anything that is inherently entertaining. They're getting by on the fact that this is wrestling, and wrestling fans watch wrestling, so we'll give them wrestling. But they're not going above and beyond to hold our interest or gain our interest. Well, I think that's what it is. And another and another like piece to that too is we live in an era of instant gratification. People can binge two weeks worth of Netflix shows or a whole six series episode in one day where we're kind of held to the fire now that we we want to watch Raw, we got to watch it between these hours. You can't stream the Raws. You can't stream the weekly products. You know, that, I, that is a good point because, yeah, so I had been suggested a show called The Last Kingdom on Netflix, which I don't know that a lot of people have heard of because I've never heard anyone but uh, my one sister tell me about it. So she said how much she liked it. She kind of explained it to me. I watched it. I watched three seasons of it over the course of two weeks. I'd watch a couple episodes a night. Or if I had some time, I'd watch like four or five in a row. You're right. If you want to watch Raw, you either watch it on Monday night, you DVR it, and then watch that episode. But you can't get that, like, hook of I'm watching five, six, seven episodes in a row. Not that anyone would ever want to watch it. Yeah, or just be able to watch it your own. You don't have to watch it at those specific hours. Like you said, you could DVR it, but the convenience of the world this day is people just want to sit down and maybe on a Tuesday watch that, roll right into the next one. Yeah. Watch that. Watch SmackDown from the last week and then... Yeah, and I don't know what's going to happen to to fix it at all or to change it in 2020, but I definitely know there are real reasons why less people are watching at the end of 2019 than we're watching at the beginning of 2019. And I assume that the decline is not over yet either. Like, I think we're still going to see it dwindle a little bit through 2020 unless something, you know, really changes somewhere, which I don't, I don't foresee. Uh, before we get to the next word, then I'll ask this. Do either of you see anything? Like, is there anything you see that's like that could be the potential thing that becomes a huge deal in 2020. Like, is there anything you see like that potential in? Like, this could blow up next year, or is it kind of everything just like? Ah, I mean, there's the things there, but I mean, for me, just based on that question, is does CM Punk make his in-ring return? So that to you would be like the one thing that would make. I think that would explode. captivate a lot of wrestling fans. And what about you? Do you see anything that's got the potential to like explode in 2020? Not really. Uh, there's a rumor going around that Edge is making an in-ring return at WrestleMania mm-hmm. or whatever. That's just a rumor. He, he he's he's denied it, but we know on WrestleMania denied it usually ends up being true anyway. But even with him, Edge wasn't. He was never a global star. He was just big in that setting. So 
I think they've outlived the the Becky Lynch the man thing. I think that's the biggest it's going to it's going to ever be. I don't see I don't really see anything because with WWE WWE have to think about it, it's like, and this is why I give them credit and what and I don't I will never knock them for this. They try to make it they try to make it bigger than than the than the bubble of wrestling, and I I can't knock them for that because in order to become to become bigger you have to get outside of that bubble. So I will never actually knock them for that. But I don't think there's anything that will actually get them outside that bubble that they can actually broadcast and people can latch on like they did 20 years ago in the Attitude Era or with guys like Rock and Austin. I don't see I don't see anybody on the roster that's actually capable of, capable of that. Right, and even with Edge, it's like we're about to start a new decade. And that's yes. the guy who was at his height, not the previous decade, but the one before. Like, we're yeah. talking over 10 years ago that he was at his peak. So... Yeah, something new has to come around. Like someone has to start being like that next batch of really popular guys. Um, tag team of the year, we will do now. Um, nominees for the Matt Madness Tag Team of the Year: the Kabuki Warriors. Who? It's it's a name we all laughed at when they first did it. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, the New Day, the Young Bucks. The Street Profits, or is it the Lucha Brothers? We'll do the Lucha Brothers okay. since I got, Lucha ha- Brothers. I got hassle about it. Yeah, <laughs> or the Undisputed Era. Um, Aloy, you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, my number five is the New Day. I picked the New Day there because a lot of the emphasis was on Kofi, and I did enjoy what they did as a unit this year, uh, but like, like I just mentioned, the Kofi stuff I thought overshadowed it, and... This goes hand in hand with what we just talked about by WWE. The new, the new Day have basically been facing the revival all year, <laughs> and that's the only real foil they've actually had for the most for the most part this year. Uh, number four, when with Adam, um, the undisputed era, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. They're, they've been the weakest of the Undisputed Era this year. The matches are always fantastic, but I think a lot more emphasis has been put on Rod, Roddy Strong and Adam Cole. Number three, I want the Kabuki Warriors. Now, I put if anybody that's saying why are they on this list, I put them on this list because in February when these titles got debuted, they were we were we were so excited. Like the heartfelt moment with Sasha Banks and Billy winning it, and how it actually meant to them. And we we know that they were actually fighting for these things and fighting for the opportunity to have them. And then after they lost the titles, it was with the Iconics. And the Iconics, they're the way the way the characters are. They're booked to lose. So they lost they lost a lot of the matches. And, and you could argue you could make the the argument that WWE kind of forgot about the tag belts. They never even defended them. And then they ended up dropping them to Bliss and Cross. But I remember at Clash of Champions, I said the match between the Kabuki Warriors and Bliss and Cross, I was so into that match because they actually were telling story for the first time in a women's tag team title match. And the Kabuki Warriors, they've added so much character and substance and importance to these belts since they've had them. And I just had to put them in there for that alone. And then also also because they're Japanese talent. And WWE's actually put an emphasis on Japanese talent and booking them in a major role. Like they even main event the last pay per view, even though it was with Charlotte and Becky, they were still main event in that show. Uh, my number two, I went with the Lucha Brothers because them they them working with the Young Bucks in those first few pay per views for AEW was huge. Even though it was for the AAA tag team titles, I thought the matches they had with them were fantastic and. 
I'm gonna say the same. I'm gonna echo the same statements from my number one, which is the Young Bucks with the inception of AEW being being on being uh, being created. The matches with the Lucha Brothers as well. The latter match at All Out I thought it was was excellent. Even though they haven't won tag team gold yet, I think that AEW wouldn't be AEW if it wasn't for the Young Bucks. So Young Bucks are my number one. Um, I'll go next. Um, let's see, tag team of the year. Number five, I'm going to say Undisputed Era because I just don't like them. Uh, <laughs> you don't like Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Correct. Or, or you hate Kyle O'Reilly. I hate Kyle O'Reilly. I don't, I'm not anti-Bobby <laughs> Fish, but I think Kyle O'Reilly sucks. He looks like some little dork <laughs> wrestling in his backyard in high school that thinks he's cool. No thanks. So they're last. They're fifth. Um, and that's not a bit. That's true. But, uh, I mean, do I play it up? Of course. But I really do not care for them. And I think they're overrated. I do think Adam Cole is really good, though. Uh, number five or number four, I'm going to say the New Day. I'd like to put them higher. But I feel very much like, yeah, we've been there. We've done that. Like, I love all three of those guys. But I think the most significant thing they were a part of this year was Kofi's singles run, not anything they did as a tag team. Because everything they're doing as a tag team now, we've seen them do before. Um, so, yeah, they're my number four. Uh, number three, I'm going to say the Kabuki Warriors. I I may not be giving them enough credit, only because it's, it's maybe one of those things with me, like, not watching. I might just be missing things they're doing or any significance they have. It doesn't. It hasn't felt significant to me, but that might be more my fault than the fault of how they're being used on TV. Uh, my number two is the Lucha Brothers, and my number one is the Young Bucks. And even if only, like I'm going to make this as simple as possible, they were instrumental in starting up AEW. The very fact that they had such a hand in a rival promotion being created for WWE, a new weekly, like, nationally broadcast show, that alone is enough for me to make them my number one tag team. So, Joseph, how about you? Honorable mention to the Viking Raiders. Not (laughs) not on the list either, but I threw them in there, honorable mention. Uh, Number five, I went New Day. Uh, Like like a lot of you guys have said, and I'll just kind of restate it. A lot of this year was not tag team worthy. I mean, you had uh, Ro- Xavier Rhodes was out, um, Big E was out, hurt. Most of it was Kofi Kingston and their support of him as the title reign. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had the titles now, but most of it was again kind of pushing the singles. Um, four, I want Kabuki Warriors. Uh, it's good stuff. It's traditional tag team, like heel tag team tactics. I like the the Green Mist. That's kind of a throwback. It's kind of fun, mm-hmm. but um, again, just. Don't totally do for me like some of these other tag teams do. Uh, number three, I went with the Undisputed Era. Again, I like factions. Um, they're probably arguably one of the best factions out there. Uh, there's not a lot out there, but <laughs> so. Um, and then they've they've had really good matches. Uh, number two, I went Lucha Lucha Brothers. Um, that that was the write in that we got last minute. Uh, great matches every time I watch them, and they're they're fun individually together. It's really really good to mm-hmm. watch. And then one I went with the uh, Young Bucks because, like you said, they started pretty much started their own promotion, um, doing a lot to push that promotion, and always excellent matches. Like you said, like Alo said, Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks, awesome, just great great TV. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Them them against each other is is phenomenal. So Alo, where do we stand on tag team of the year? Do we have a clear cut decisive winner? Yes. Yeah, so the New Day finishes fifth with four points. Undisputed Era is fourth with six points. In third place, the Kabuki Warriors with eight. Lucha Brothers with twelve. And the first unanimous decision of the night is the Young Bucks with fifteen points, and they are your tag team of the year. And congratulations to the Young Bucks. You have done a lot of work to earn that this year. I think there may have been a time when I was, uh, I, I don't know, maybe not, but I think there was probably a time when I was like a Young Bucks agitator because of the uh, internet wrestling community, but those days are long gone. I have the utmost respect for them, even just as like people within the wrestling industry. Like they, they've accomplished a lot. Uh, I hope they accomplish even more in 2020, and congratulations on what I can only assume is their first Maddie Award. <laughs> yes. Yeah, has well, to Pat, be. Pash, before I forget, mm-hmm. I'm handing out, there's, there's no nominees for this, but I am handing out the first ever Madness Lifetime Achievement Award tonight. Okay, well, I look forward to finding out who that is. Yes, yes. Um, Safe to say it's not uh, Ryan Rowley from... No. Yeah, safe I, to I say. I imagine no. Uh, let's go next with, hmm, we did tag team. Let's go women's superstar of the year. Our nominees are last year's winner, Becky Lynch, the man, uh, Ashley Flair, (laughs) Shayna Baszler, last year's breakout star of the year, uh, rebellious Bailey specifically. Yes. Uh, and Rhea Ripley, the current NXT Women's Champion. Um, Joseph, you want to take this one first? I can sure start first. Um, number five, I went Charlotte Flair, although it is fun to watch her roll around and her boobies almost pop out. Um, <laughs> that's, about all, that's about all I was interested in this year. Uh, number four, Rebellious Bailey. Um, that's because her haircut sucked. So <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny how you hate it and Eck loves it. Yeah, I guess I guess that's that's why you have us both yeah. on the show. We bring yes. opposing views. Exactly. Um, three, Shayna Baszler, uh, two time first two time NXT champion. Uh, two, I want Becky Lynch, and uh, one I want Rhea Ripley. Oh, wow. I want Rhea Ripley because I, I, I she uh, like you said what draws you this her her. Her we getting pushed. Things she did have really drawn me to watch NXT and watch what she's doing. I love that. I, I love a uh, I love a point of view. I love when our content doesn't line up exactly with what every other dickhead with a wrestling podcast thinks. Um, yeah, and I'm lo- I'm loving the Rhea Ripley love over here. Yeah. So Ayla, what about you for Women's Superstar of the Year? All right. So uh, number five, I'm with Ashley Flair. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> And number four, number four, I went with Rebellious Bailey. Now, Bailey, after, like, she turned heel for for that second, she hasn't really done anything since. And I thought they could have been so – they could have did so much more with her. But I did enjoy her, like, being a heel but not being a heel. Yes. Because she's not doing anything wrong. I did enjoy that whole point. But, like I said, they haven't done anything with her since they've actually fully turned her heel for the most part. Uh, number three, I went with Rhea Ripley. Uh like, like I said, I love the love Joey gave her. I really do. And the late surge, I can't wait to see what she does next, does next year. Who knows next year? She might actually be the actual winner of this award next year. Number four, I yeah, number two, I went with Shayna Baszler. 
Shayna Baszler, like, you can tell WWE is like super high on her. I'm really interested to see what they do with her because they had her go over in Survivor Series. She helped win a women's title for over a year. So I'm interested to see if they, she ends up winning the Royal Rumble because I think she's going to end up facing Becky or a return of Ronda Rousey. We'll face Becky at WrestleMania this year, but I'm looking forward to that. But my number one, I'm going with Becky Lynch. It's kind of hard not to go with her for me. Even though she hasn't had everybody to really few anybody really to few with this past year, like I know we had the Charlotte and Beck, the Charlotte and Ronda thing. That was pretty. It was, it was a few months, but pretty much short lived because Ronda left after WrestleMania. The Lacey Evans thing is take it or leave it. It's subjective if you liked it or not. But I thought she had a great match and a nice feud with Natty. I thought that was really good. Her fuse was a few with Sasha for the women's title inside Hell in the South. I thought that was a, that was really good as well. And after that, we just kind of went towards Survivor Series and Becky finishes the year challenging for the tag titles, and that basically rounds out her year. So Becky Lynch wasn't my number one. So my number five is easy choice: Ashley Flair, last place. <laughs> uh, number four: Rebellious Bailey. Like you said, they. They gave us like the carrot of, okay, we did it. We turned her heel, and it was fun for a few weeks. And then it just kind of became, okay, this is just a thing we do. And she, it, it kind of took all the, the luster off of it. So it's number four. Uh, my The top three is super difficult for me because I can make a case for all three yeah, as my number one. Anyone you could. Um, I think I'm going to go, hmm, this is really difficult. I'm going to go number three, Shayna Baszler, because I think this is, again, another another case of my point of view maybe not being in the best place, but I was not super interested in 2019 in Shayna Baszler. That's not to say she didn't have great matches. Yeah, no. That's not to say I don't have a high level of respect for what she does. But I just wasn't interested. But when I saw on Twitter last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, that Rhea Ripley won, one, we had kind of predicted it on this show, two, it happened, I got excited for the first time. Um, like, ooh, I can't wait to see what they do with her. You know, so I'm going to go Shayna Baszler number three just because my level of interest for what she did in 2019 wasn't super high. Uh Number two, I'm going to go Rhea Ripley because she is someone who sparked an interest in what's happening in NXT for me, where I hadn't had much interest for most of 2019. And number one, I'm going with Becky Lynch. Part of me wanted to go Shayna Baszler, number one, because just of her dominance and like her actual accomplishment. But Becky Lynch, to me, you know, becoming the man, uh, headlining WrestleMania. Uh, becoming like arguably the biggest thing in wrestling for the past year and a half to two years. And the way that they utilized her during the whole thing with Fox, where she was being used as like such a prominent figure, like we're going to put Becky Lynch in the opening segment with The Rock. Like her on the red carpet for Fox. And the fact that she has completely overshadowed Seth Rollins, who was, you know, someone we all loved last year. I feel like I, I couldn't not give it to Becky Lynch just because she is so huge in the WWE landscape. And it's kind of ironic that in 2019 we're talking about someone becoming the man and it's not actually becoming a man. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Becky Lynch, my number one. Alo, who is the uh, the winner? 
All right, so finishing in last place is Ash with three. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Chef's kiss on that. We were unanimous in the bottom. Yeah. All right, so uh, finishing in fourth place is Rebellious Bailey with six. Third place with ten is Shayna Baszler. Finishing in second with 12 is Rhea Ripley. And the back-to-back winner of the Women's Superstar of the Year award, Becky Lynch, with 14 points. I can live with that. Well, Becky Lynch, congratulations on a repeat performance. Uh, you should be receiving your Maddie Award in the mail any day. Don't uh, let Colby touch it. Do not. Do not. He will never touch one of these again if, if things don't drastically change. Who? Colby Lopez, also known as Seth Rollins. The, the kept man of the man. Um... I guess we can go. Should, what do you think we should close with? Match of the year or superstar of the year? I'd say uh, match of the year. Follow me. I don't care. I mean, we're not there yet. I just am debating which way to go. I, I was looking at like the Oscars. They always finish with picture of the year. So I was like, maybe we do match of the year. But then I'm thinking, like, hey, superstar of the year bigger than match of the year. Let's just stick with the Oscars. We'll do match of the year as the uh, the closer. So we'll go to superstar of the year. Nominees are Chris Jericho, last year's winner, the aforementioned Seth Rollins. Cannot imagine he will be repeating. <laughs> What's his name? Colby Collet? Colby, Colby Lopez. Colby but Lopez. I like Colby Collet. <laughs> uh, Adam Cole, The Fiend, and Kofi Kingston. Uh, Ayla, why don't you take this one first? Because I actually have to think about this a little bit. All right, so my number five, I went with Kobe Lopez. Uh, <laughs> like I said. Also known as Kobe Calais. Yeah, Kobe Calais. <laughs> so like I said, we were like complete hypocrites on this show because we were champion for this guy. Now we can't stand the guy <laughs> for the most part. Um, great year. Like his match with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam I thought was excellent. And that was on my list before we cut it down to match of the year contenders. But I, I thought that match was a great story. And even the, the WrestleMania match, was it short? Yeah, but his matches with Brock, I definitely enjoyed. But he's not, but we, we've learned now that, especially face Seth, he's not the guy to carry the show. We've, we've learned that. Heal Seth, possibly, but face Seth is not the right guy to carry the show for, for me, personally. Number four, I went with The Fiend. I went with him personally because we've we haven't got a lot of matches out of him, but he was like one of the most integral parts and interesting things that we got on television all year long. Number three, I went with Chris Jericho. I, this man, like the evolution of him, and being like actually signing his name onto AEW because he was like their first big name for months. We were hearing that JR and Chris Jericho are linked to this new company and Chris Jericho being the first guy to actually put his stamp on it and his seal of approval was a big deal. And even him being the AEW champion, we, we, we discussed that when, before all out happened, who's the right guy, Jericho or hangman page. And there was no wrong answer, but if you want to actually get your show on a higher level, it should be Jericho. Cause he's the, he's the biggest name and he's been fantastic with the inner circle, even though I don't care for him that much. And he, this man has gotten being sexy over. He's gotten over <laughs> bubbling. He's bringing the sexy back. back. Yes. There's nothing that this man cannot get over or do. So he's my number three. My number two, I've been debating back and forth with this because I want to give this man love because WWE hasn't given him love. But my number three, I mean my number two, I'm going with Kofi Kingston. Kofi, like the whole story of him actually 
winning a title is still kind of chokes me up. The new day they were on Corey Gray's podcast as well, and they were discussing that night and the emotion and stuff. I kind of got goosebumps listening to that because that was like a real heartfelt moment. And when we get to match of the years, we'll talk about the style of wrestling that we actually like and what WWE can do when they actually try. And my number one is Adam Cole. He was been a constant in NXT all year. The matches with Johnny Gargano have been amazing. Uh, being a constant leading them into uh, to the USA Network has been great. Even when they did the invasion, him defending the title on both shows against Rollins and Daniel Bryan. The Bryan match is a match of the year candidate on its own. I think Adam Cole's been fantastic and it's been a a mainstay on NXT and on WWE television throughout the entire year. Joseph? Yeah, okay. I'll roll. <laughs> I'll go with Kobe Calais as my five. <laughs> All right, uh, she has a good singing voice, but <laughs> not I'm a great superstar. And again, I'm not I'm not like fed up with Seth, but it's it was a year of peaks and valleys. I mean, when he when he was good, he was good, and then when he was bad, he was bad. He lost the crowd a lot. Um, he just needs a little more. He needs to fine tune, mm-hmm. get back on. And then I went with a fiend. Um, he for the first part of the year was many, pretty much the segments. They were good segments. But we didn't really see his um, in ring till real late, and we're still piecing that together with whatever that is. So yeah. I went with the fiend. Um, next, I went with Kofi Kingston. Uh, like you said, it was great story, great run. It's great to see him with the title and actually hold it for a while. It wasn't just something they did to kind of give someone a title. Um, they kind of made it last. Number one was kind of tough. Uh, um, I went with Chris Jericho for two. Again, he's just. Again, reinvented his career, reinvented his style, reinvented multiple times. He's a, a legacy. And then I, I, I agree with my buddy for everything he said. I went with Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. Just a great year. Just an overall great year. Matches against top names that he's playing in, in, in takeovers and the pay-per-views, defending the titles. Gargano matches were some, among some of the best. Just awesome. Okay, so my choices for Superstar of the Year. Number five again, Seth Rollins, Colby Lopez, Colby Calais, whatever you want to call him. (laughs) Colby Calais. Number five, officially not repeating as Superstar of the Year, and deservedly so. Uh, Number four for me, hmm. It almost feels like a slight to do this, but there are three people that just mattered more to me. I'm going to say Adam Cole. Uh, Unfortunately, just didn't really do much that connected with me personally. Uh, If you're listening to this and I have just enraged you, uh, I don't don't apologize. I'm just telling the truth. Are you going to have a write-in for our truth for Superstar? Yeah, yeah, I should have done a a write-in for for Ron Killings. Um, My number three is The Fiend. And I kind of, if you had asked me in July... Where would The Fiend rank for me for Superstar of the Year? I would have definitely thought higher than three. Because the height of The Fiend, like the entire, like from the from WrestleMania ending, when we got those first little glimpses of Bray Wyatt's return, through like the Firefly Funhouse and him debuting on the show, I would have assumed that this is my Superstar of the Year. But everything since then has just kind of plummeted. Yeah. My interest has has fallen off. Like my interest in the fiend falling off is like completely lines up with me just being like I don't feel like watching any of it. It was the one thing that was like keeping me excited, and they killed it. 
So I think just the fact that it fell off the way it did, it can't be any higher than three. My number two is Chris Jericho, and I'm sure everybody assumed I'd have him number one. Uh, He's been fantastic. He has been great. He has been everything you could have wanted him to be as the inaugural champion for AEW. But Kofi Kingston, my God, the career that he has put together for as long as he has put it together, um, the greatness of the story of him chasing the championship, how it came out of nowhere, it was such a surprise, the feel-good moment of him holding up that title at WrestleMania, I mean, the really good title run that he had afterwards, and the fact that the, the, the New Day, according to Xavier Woods, was built as a way to get Kofi Kingston a world championship. The fact that they actually brought that full circle to get him that world championship. To me, because I doubt that in 2020 or 2021 or 2022, we are talking about Kofi Kingston as a potential superstar of the year. The, the best way I can explain me deciding I have to give Kofi number one, Jack Black was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor. Uh, for a movie called Bernie back in like 2009 or something like that. And I wanted to see him win, and he didn't. And I was heartbroken because I was like, Jack Black, that's probably the only chance he'll ever have to win an Oscar, and now he won't have it. So Kofi Kingston has this opportunity right in front of us. I will do everything in my power to ensure that he gets it. I don't think he will, but I just want to know that like I did what I did. It could be, it it'll be close. So, Alo, what is our tally for Superstar of the Year? So, with finishing in last place is Kobe. What's his name, Joey? Kalei. <laughs> Kobe Kalei. <laughs> with three points. <laughs> finishing in fourth place is The Fiend with seven points. Finishing in third is Chris Jericho with 11 points. And in a tie for first. Are you sure this time? Is Yes, I'm positive. In a tie for first is Adam Cole and Kofi Kingston with 12 points. So we have to go to a tiebreaker. So Eck only gave me his number ones, and he had Adam Cole, which so this doesn't even play into it. So so if if he had Adam Cole one, so that... Does that change anything? That, yeah, he gets Adam Cole yeah, one since it's a tie. Yeah, that means Adam Cole one because Kofi, the, the, low, the most Kofi can get is four. I don't know if I will get a reply from no from Eck. Well, that's right because if he gets yep. five, that's seventeen, and if you think that Kofi gets cold. Kofi can't get more than five. Oh, okay, you're right. So they they were actually tied. I was thinking for for some reason I was thinking Jericho and Kofi were tied, and that made Adam Cole pass both of them. Okay, so Adam Cole, uh, superstar of the year, Kofi. I tried. I tried my best. You did. You did your damnedest. <laughs> it came down to a tie. I mean, come on. If only I had made Adam Cole number five, but I didn't want to be completely different. Yes, you would lost him if I if so I didn't. Maybe if I, I didn't. What lost it for Kofi? You could put the blame solely on my on my shoulders because I only had him at three. If I had him one or higher, right? So tie. Right. Yeah. Well, Kofi admirable uh, with a second place finish, going to a tiebreaker. Um, I did my part. <laughs> All right. So, next up, women's match of the year. We have Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey at the Royal Rumble. Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch at Hell in a Cell. Uh, Ashley Flair versus Trish Stratus at SummerSlam. The women's war game match, 
at TakeOver War Games. And Io Shirai versus Shayna Baszler, uh, NXT of June 26th. So I'll go first on this one. Number five, uh, Ashley versus Trish SummerSlam. Hopefully, oh, come that's, on. hopefully that's enough to ensure that she is nowhere near winning <laughs> an award tonight. Uh, number four, I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say Sasha versus Ronda at the Rumble. Great match. Love the match. But I think the fact that I knew for sure Sasha was not winning... Like, knock some points off of it, even though it was a really great match. Number three, I'm going to go Shirai versus Baszler. Great match, but these other two I just happen to to like more. Uh, number two, I'm going to say the Women's War Games match at TakeOver War Games. A lot of people featured very prominently. Uh, a lot of people that we like featured very prominently, kind of like a coming out party in a way. Uh, for that women's division. Uh, but number one, I'm going to say Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch at Hell in a Cell because I truly believed Sasha Banks was winning that match. So I had there was like the suspense factor, uh, the fact that I actually felt disappointment afterwards. If I can feel a feeling after a match, I give it a lot of credit for that. Uh, and I thought both women went out and did a really good job, and I actually thought it was a better Hell in a Cell match than... Sasha's match with Ashley a few years ago. So that is my number one, Sasha versus Becky, Hell in a Cell. Uh, Ayla, what about you for women's match of the year? All right, so my number five was Sasha versus Ronda at the Rumble. Like you said, good match. Uh, upset Sasha didn't win, and that's that's my take on a lot of Sasha Banks' mm-hmm. championship matches. Most of the them. The fact that she doesn't <laughs> win. Yeah, she, she, she's just the utility wrestler when it comes to that. Uh, to get to put somebody over. Uh, number four, I went with the uh, Io Shirai versus Shayna Baszler in the cage. I thought that was an excellent match as well. I just, like you, I, I, I liked a couple of more matches better. Number three, I went with Sasha Banks versus Becky in Hell in a Cell. Once again, thought Sasha was winning, but she didn't. Uh, number number two, I went with Charlotte versus Trish. I love that match. I'm not sure if you ever went back to watch that, but I thought that match was outstanding, especially for... If uh, older Trish Stratus actually kind of passed the torch off to Charlotte, I thought that match was great, and I can't even put any bias mm. towards that or <laughs> of hatred for Ash. Uh, and my number one was the Women's War Games match, putting all those women on the map, each and every one of them fantastic, in, mm. in, including the whole Dakota Kai heel turn. I, I I couldn't say enough about that heel turn. It's something about these when these women in NXT turn heel. <laughs> that they always knock Some, it out the park. Something gets it free. Always hits. Yes. Yes. Always hits. <laughs> and like I love evil. I love an evil Dakota Kai. Like that. That like that should have been like the way Bailey went down <clears throat> on the main roster. But that was my number one match. The women's war games take war games match. I take over. Wouldn't hate it if that one won. Joseph, how about your women's match? All right. So I'll go with my number five, which was Sasha versus Ronda and Royal Rumble. Uh, number four was Io Shirai versus Shayna Baszler. Number three was Charlotte Trish for me. Number two, Sasha versus Becky Lynch. And then one for me was a women's war game match for a lot of reasons. Aaron said it was a lot of a lot of fun stuff in there, twists and turns, things that were kind of original. Mm-hmm. Can you run it after me again, Joey? My, num- my numbers didn't type in. <laughs> the whole thing? Yes. Five is Sasha Ronda Rousey. Okay. Four Shirai Baszler. 
Okay. Three Charlotte Trish. Two Shasha Becky and one more games take over. Alright. We have a tie, Adam Cole won. <laughs> Adam Cole won. <laughs> of course. Alright, so Alright, so finishing in fifth place is Sasha versus Ronda at the Rumble with four points. Finishing in third place is, well, fourth place is Sasha, Charlotte versus Trish at SummerSlam with eight points. Finishing in third is the Women's Takeover game, Women's War Games. Women's War Games match with ten. Finishing second place is Sasha versus Becky inside Hell in a Cell. Hold on. Yeah, I know. I'm that, sorry. That didn't add up to me. Didn't really add up to me okay. at all. <laughs> My, okay. All right. Sasha Sasha versus Ron at the Rumble is five. Four is Io Shirai versus Shayna with, with seven points. Three is Charlotte versus Trish with eight. The Takeover War Games match finishes second with ten. And the winner is Sasha versus Becky at Hell in a Cell with 12. Mm. I definitely, that, for some reason, makes I sense. thought that a uh, War Games match was going to win. Um, Joe, you had that. Joe, you had that last, right? What? The women's war games match. No, he. I had his number one. It was number one. I think you got that flipped. Yes. Okay. I did. <laughs> so the winner is the women's war games match. Okay. And you know what? Well deserved. Uh, take my hat off to all. Do they all get a Maddie Award? Like, does one representative? Does the winning team all get? Like, what? How does this happen? I think we can afford it to give everybody one. Why not? We did, for we did have an expansive budget this year. We did. Uh, yes. All right. Everyone gets a Maddie. Ladies, be ready to receive it in the mail. Uh, and then the big award, match of the year, candidates, uh, Tyler Bate versus Walter, NXT UK TakeOver, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania, uh, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano, two out of three falls. Cody versus Dustin at Double or Nothing, and Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan on SmackDown November 1st. Uh, Joseph, do you need some time to think about it? Do you want me to start off with Alo? I can roll in. I'm all, all right, good. Let's hear your uh, I'm all your good. Selections. It's going to be quick. So I went uh, Cole versus Bryan SmackDown is my five. My four would be Bryan versus Kofi. Three would be Bate versus Walter. Two would be Cody versus Dustin, and then my one would be Cole versus Gargano, two out of three. Okay. That's kind of the reason why I have Cole as Superstar of the Year, because that was my For favorite that, match. Yeah, which it make, makes perfect sense. A lot of consistency there. Yeah, I, I, try, I try. I try. <laughs> and by the way, I forgot they had two two out of three falls matches. Yep. They, this is the one from New York, right, Joey? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, because they had one in New York and one in Toronto. But Toronto was three stages of hell. And Alo, how about you for match of the year? All right, so my number five was Bate versus Walter. Yes, Eric and Prep kill me. Um, uh, number four, I went with Cole versus Brian on SmackDown. I thought that match was excellent, and we talked about that it was already. Really good about match. Cole, yeah, talk, we we talked about that. Talked about Cole defending the titles on Raw and SmackDown against Rollins and Brian, but that Brian match was actually really good, and the whole Triple H inclusion. 
you know, you know, Hamaj has to stick his nose in, the, in there, and it all it all actually worked out. He's basically shined up his own champ. Number three, I went with Cole versus Gargano, two out of three falls. Johnny Gargano is one of the few wrestlers I think that actually like pull me in on a story because you actually buy it when he does a lot of things like his facials and stuff. We talked about that for years on this show. Number two, I went with Cody and Dustin and Double or Nothing. We talked about storylines. And this match had all the storyline in the world. Not the best match from a ring perspective. You're not going to see all the flips and stuff, but you saw a storyline in character development throughout that match. And by damn it, Kofi's going to win something here because Kofi versus Brian is my match of the year. And that's in your hands. That's my, <laughs> that's my number one. Like the whole, we talked about it about the whole storyline of Kofi the new day trying to get Kofi a world title, and like the goosebumps I got hearing him tell that story on Grave Show and. Daniel Bryan, they even talked about how Daniel Bryan had to kind of fight to get Kofi in there because they were trying to go do something else. But Bryan was like, no, Kofi, Kofi needs to be here. And Bryan was a perfect foil because if you rewatch WrestleMania 30, he's being the antagonist and what the authority was to him. And there's nothing better in wrestling than a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And I hate those two. So <laughs> it, it, it works It works perfectly for me. So my number one is Brian versus Kofi, and it's all on you to bring to give Kofi not the that I, Not that I want you to change your answers, but, I mean, it is on your shoulders. You it could, is. You could well, get him a Matty. I will tell you this. That did not change what my match of the year selection is. Um, my number five is Tyler Bate versus Walter. Honestly, I have not seen it. Um, so I feel like I could not go any higher than five. My number four, uh, Cole versus Gargano. My number three is Cole versus Brian. My number two is Cody versus Dustin. I mean, just a great match. I think there was probably a point we thought it was going to be our match of the year. The motion and everything. We at least knew it would be a true contender. Uh, And my number one at WrestleMania, Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. Great culmination of a story. Uh, a feel-good story. One Maybe the greatest moment of the year. Uh, seeing Kofi with his kids in the ring holding up the championship with the New Day. It was amazing. To me, it was maybe like my favorite thing that happened in 2019. So I can't do anything but give that match of the year. Alo, what is the tally for match of the year? Well, this time it's Joey's fault. So, <laughs> finishing in last place is Bate versus Walter with, with five points. And fourth is Adam Cole versus Brian from SmackDown with seven points. Finishing in third is Cole versus Gargano with 12 points. And f- tied for first is Brian versus Kofi and Cody versus Dustin with 12. Well, I'll, bump, I'll bump up my version of, of <laughs> Kofi. I'm moving, I'm moving him up one. So, yeah, Eck had his winner for match of the year as Bate versus Walter, so that doesn't help. So, yeah, so, uh, Joseph, you're going to alter your ranking? I'm, I'm changing my ranking. <laughs> I really thought about when you guys were going around. I really didn't like my answer, so I'm moving them up a little more. <laughs> so, what, so, basically, you're flipping. If he moves it up one spot. I'm moving up one spot. All right. So, I guess that's it. Kofi and Daniel Bryan, you, you've earned it. Uh, congratulations on receiving a Maddie Award. I guess both of you get one. You know what? I'll throw one in there for Bree. 
I'll throw one in there for Birdie. I'll throw one in there for all of Kofi's kids. Why not? We're end yes. of the year. We gotta we gotta blow this budget somehow. We have nothing left to spend the money on. So <laughs> why not give everybody a Maddie? Uh, fine, we'll give everyone a Maddie. Never, I'm cutting the toilet paper budget. <laughs> so you know. Um, so congratulations to all of our winners. Uh, I hope that uh, I was gonna say I hope the listeners agree with us, but I kind of hope you don't. And I kind of hope we hear from you if you don't agree. Um, One more thing, Pash. I have to hit up the lifetime achievement award. award. Yes, who is it? Our truth. Round of applause for me. Pash, I, this man almost made Superstar of the Year. But I, but I didn't put him in there because I'm trying to be legit. Mm-hmm. And I already know he would have won. It would have been like almost unanimous if I put R-Truth in, in Superstar of the Year. It was it was that close. But the way this man has carried – he was the show. The inception of the 24-7 title was amazing. But – we're going to mail Carmella one too, <laughs> because she deserves one just as much as he does. Like the laughs, the comedic timing, everything about this man. He was, he was my everything in WWE this year. Cause I can always count on him to make me laugh and do mm-hmm. the most entertaining thing on the show. The 24 seven clips were the most viewed clips on WWE's YouTube for the, for months from the from when it was date from the title debuted. So just for the, amazing year and the amazing year of entertainment our truth gets the first ever matt manis lifetime achievement award Good for and him. carmella will get one and two it uh very well deserved if if you recall uh met our truth at access in it was 2017 right yes and i told him that he is the most underrated performer of this generation and he thanked me. We had a, a nice little moment before we got our, our picture taken together. And I think everyone else that was on this show when I told... I don't remember who was on that week after WrestleMania. But after I had relayed that story on the show, it was said that I was pandering to our truth But I meant it. And my God, maybe I am what motivated Ron Killings to become the best thing in WWE. He's like, you know what? That is true. I am the most underrated guy of my generation. I'm going to go out and prove that I am better than anybody realizes I am. Because it seems like from that point on, he has skyrocketed. So, Ron Killings, my namesake, a fellow from one Ron to another, congratulations on a Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, You deserved it. You have been amazing in 2019, just like you were amazing in 2018 and 2017 and 2016 and so on and so forth. And I know we can count on you to probably be even better in 2020. So just a couple final statements from everyone. Joseph, just give me, like, what is your final takeaway from 2019, the year in wrestling? 2019, a year in wrestling. You need to be better. (laughs) A good final message. Alo, how about you? More our truth. <laughs> Definitely not less. The truth shall set you free. It shall. Uh, Maybe that's why I've been so miserable because they've been cutting out my twenty four seven. Because one, they split him and Carmelo up. That didn't make me happy. Yeah. But I'm getting less twenty four seven title stuff. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'll completely echo Joey's sentiments because this is exactly what my feeling was. Like twenty nineteen, uh, not a great year. 
So that's all I could say. My takeaway from 2019 is like all of you, every promotion across the board, I don't care who you are, WWE, NXT, AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, I don't care. Be better in 2019 or in 2020. Be better than you were in 2019 because 2019 was not cutting it, not cutting the mustard, as someone once said uh, 20 years ago. Uh, Do better. Be better. Uh, Be your best self in 2020. Um, So I hope you enjoyed our award show. I hope you continue listening to us in 2020. Have a happy and safe New Year's Eve, and I hope everyone has a wonderful 2020. Uh, for Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now forever, C.K. and Joe Rodermel. Popping bottles. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him A-Lo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my ball. Shut the basement, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.